0: By the time I got into the the woods, lightning struck right in front of me. This
1: is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 35 of Life in Motion. I have today's guest, Heather Michelle, aka Lavender, on the phone. Um, she threw hiked the Appalachian Trail, which took her 144 days and only a short 2,189 miles all the way from Maine to Georgia. Really excited to hear about her journey and kind of the transformation that came along with it. Um, but Heather, thank you for being on the show today.
0: Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Um,
1: I'm, I'm excited for you to, to share your story. Like i a um, you know, we, I heard it at one of our mappy hours. Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy the whole, the whole story behind it, but before we kind of get into your experience on the trail and what inspired you to, to do that in the first place, let's get a little bit of background of, um, of, you know, who, who you are, um, kind of where you grew up, hobbies you had growing up and kind of what led you into more or less the lifestyle that you're in now.
0: Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a really small town in East Arkansas. It's a uh, Macquarie. Its population is like two twenty five hundred people. So it's really small and how big
1: how big was your graduating class in high school?
0: Um thirty five. Oh, you have me
1: beat I had like a hundred kids in my class, but <laughs> you 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 have more, so or less I should say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, 100 is a lot. That's (laughs) as many people as probably we had in our high school.
1: (laughs) That's crazy. Um, So I graduated in
0: 2004, long time ago.
1: (laughs) So yeah, it was 2009, and I think we had uh, 400 kids in our total school. One one stoplight town, but yeah, like I said, you got me beat on the total number of kids.
0: (laughs) It's insane. I tell people that, and they just they're just like what like <laughs> graduating class of a thousand and I'm just couldn't even imagine.
1: <laughs> uh, so, so you grew up in, in the small town with only 35 or so kids um, graduating class and
0: Yes. Oh, are you there?
1: Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Slow here.
0: <laughs> and uh, so after I um, so I went to Russellville, I went to Arkansas Tech for college. I moved to Memphis after that and um, found my way in Little Rock for a little bit. Um, I was working for a radio station doing assistant program director. Um, and when I turned, oh my gosh, I can't even remember, 27 or so, I ended up moving to Bentonville, so Northwest Arkansas, and that's currently where I'm at now. Okay, and um, my job situation has been kind of everywhere for the past couple of years, especially since completing uh, a through hike and various other travels i went um, i I went from doing radio to running bars restaurants so I was in hospitality and um, that is really what the freedom and of kind of being able to work for six months and then take off for six months and saving money that led me into kind of like how I was able to do the Appalachian Trail. Okay. But now I work on a little farm and we can get to that later, but it's a, it's been a lot of transition over the last couple of years, but now I currently am a farm assistant um, growing produce and it's wonderful. I get to like play in the dirt all day. So <laughs>
1: that's awesome and and like you kind of said it sounded like the those different work experiences kind of allowed you to be flexible um with the through hike and, and traveling and whatnot so growing up there kind of in that small town in Arkansas is that kind of it's kind of where you kind of fell in love I guess with the outdoors and hiking and stuff or like did that happen later
0: it definitely happened later living in um Macquarie northeast Arkansas it's really flat it's all rice fields corn um I mean like the closest hill is like a pile of sand somewhere so hiking wasn't really um, a thing that I ever really knew about except for going in the woods behind our house and kind of like adventuring through there um the outdoor life um Really didn't start till I moved to Northwest Arkansas with the Ozarks. And I started spent had a, a dog, my best friend. So when I moved up here, I found out about the Ozarks. And so I started taking him out and going on hikes almost any chance that I had off work. And I kind of found freedom in that. It helped me kind of like find clarity away from, you know, the bar. Um, hustle working long nights and every weekend and things like that so the days that I had off I started going out there and I just began to immerse myself in the outdoors um having an animal I think that you have to like take care of and kind of like spend time outdoors is what uh can really motivate you to get outside
1: so, so, and it sounds like, like you kind of just said, it, it was kind of, um, ended up being almost a reset button for you. Like if, if around that time, actually it's kind of interesting that you started kind of getting into hiking at the same time that you were in like the hospitality and the bar life and kind of those, cause you know, those, those are almost kind of two opposites in a way. Um, so it's kind of interesting to hear that's, that's kind of how you used, uh, hiking, getting outdoors with your pup and whatnot.
0: Yes
1: um, so
0: can you hear <laughs> um, like is it really loud in here right now?
1: The, um, there there is some background noise.
0: okay <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Um, Luke was actually opening a uh, bottle of beer so I can have one so I was like <laughs> I just threw a piece of ice in him and I was like, Be quiet.
1: <laughs> no, no <laughs> worries there there are no rules here, so you're fine. I'm glad you got that beer after. After, I mean, it is after five, so.
0: I know, I not in a while, so I was like, yay. Um, but anyway, sorry
1: to interrupt.
0: Um, no, you're fine. I was trying not to get distracted, so. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, so you had, um, so you kind of started getting into hiking then. Um, uh, it sounds like, like like I said, the same time that you're kind of in the nightlife scene um, as far as working. When, when I guess, did you start getting and it started with like the walks with your dogs and, and your dog and whatnot, but how, when did it kind of getting starting serious and kind of getting to that next level of like, I don't just taking it to that next step.
0: Okay. So I went, I tried to remember like when was the first time I actually like camped like in a tent, like out at night before I hiked the Appalachian Trail. Um, and it wasn't until let me reverse. So, I never really had any gear to sleep outside um, until I started planning the Appalachian Trail and then buying all that stuff. So, I, I was with a friend of mine, and we were traveling from Little Rock to Bentonville. Um, and I was giving him a ride, and we started talking about almost turning 30, which um, I think he, it was his year to turn 30, and then, like, two years from then, I would turn 30. And we were just thinking, oh, my gosh, we better do something with our life or we're going to turn 30 and our world's going to end because, you know, we haven't done anything crazy. And um, he started talking about the Appalachian Trail, how he had always wanted to do it. Um, He'd read about it and whatnot and I had no idea what it was. And just out of nowhere, I, I said to him well, let's do it. Let's take two years. I'll be 30 in two years and let's take two years and plan it and let's go do it. And so it was really exciting. And I started planning it and learning what that, what the Appalachian Trail was. And I just came obsessed with it. So I started doing research on all this gear. um, And so I bought a tent and I started um, um, a hammock and things like that. And so, I started finding little trails in the Ozark, um, like, campsites that I could just go and, like, spend the night (laughs) in a tent outside. Um, Which, when you first start to do that, I was kind of like, what am I – this is – it's kind of scary, but you become more comfortable with it. Yeah. So, that's really – I started doing longer weekends, like, two nights and then three nights. Um, And then, one night, I – so, two years had passed and I had done all this planning. And then I started telling people that I was going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And of course, you know, there's people that are just like, yeah, okay, whatever. A <laughs> girl alone on the Appalachian Trail, this is insanity. Um, but I was just so, I, there was something that I just like it, the trail was calling my name, that cliche calling, like, you know, the mountains are calling or whatever. And um, I met this, I, I, at that point I was traveling back and forth from Little Rock to Bittenville because all my friends still lived in Little Rock Um, because I had lived there for almost four years and I was out one night and I randomly met this person that was going to hike the Appalachian Trail the same time I was. It's fate. (laughs) I also thought that it was a lie. I thought he was lying to me. (laughs) My number, but <laughs> but um, it was true. His friend came over there and was like, "Yeah, he's been playing this for a while." So we started doing kind of like um, shakedowns, um, doing overnight um, like training, essentially for for going to hike. And since the very beginning that I started planning on hiking the Appalachian Trail, I always decided that I was going to go southbound. And this person was going to flip-flop and we can explain that later. But so that is whenever I started spending more time, um, kind of like um spending more time camping at night and things like that, overnight camping. And so um we did a couple trail, we did a couple training, like we'd spent like four nights and we did um Miles would were starting to go up and things like that. Because at first, like when I took my dog out, we were doing you know like five mile hikes. So I'd never consecutively hiked more than maybe ten miles at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And one weekend we did thirty miles, which was a really big accomplishment to me. So I thought, oh yeah, I've done thirty miles, so I'm ready to do the Appalachian Trail.
1: So. <laughs> so, so, so is it just kind of started from the idea and that's kind of when you started getting, I guess, more serious about hiking in general, just because you kind of set your, your mind to that goal of doing it before you turn 30. Sounds like
0: that was it. That was it. It, it was, here's an idea. You already love going outside. Now here's an even bigger one. <laughs> um, and you kind of like, once you you kind of think you you can conquer anything. Like once you get something in your mind, you're kind of not scared of it anymore. Until you're really out there, you're just like, <laughs> going to do it?" And I wanted to tell people that I was doing it so that I could, um, so that I had to.
1: So, so before we kind of get any further into kind of the story of it, um, for for those who may not know, like everybody knows what a hike is, but Who may not know what a through hiking is or through hike is what what exactly does that mean it's not it's it's not like you packing up your car and driving and and whatnot kind of explain just a little gist of it just for for those who might not know
0: a through hike is a um, continuous footpath it's doing a a long distance trail in in one try so um, the appalachian trail goes from um, georgia to maine our from Maine to Georgia, it's 2,189 miles, which it was at the time. It changes every year. But it's a continuous footpath um, that you do in um, a one-year time frame.
1: And you time. have everything that you need on your back, right? Yes. So, so which is, is insane. I, I don't know if I could have the, the – the, maybe, maybe I, I don't want to say I couldn't have that. I just don't know if I would or not so I applaud you for that in the first place. Um, (laughs) but so, so, and you kind of mentioned it. So kind of getting ready, it was more or less you're kind of doing these larger increments of both over like, um, camping and then also longer day hikes, um, or hikes in general. What, and you're doing that, you know, within the two years leading up to it, what else did you have to do to kind of, um, prepare for yourself? I mean, there's the, i'm assuming there's the mental aspect of it um there's obviously the physical aspect of it of being able to kind of endure that um but then also i mean besides you know kind of not being around people i'm assuming a lot on the trail i mean here and there i I would assume but also like the kind of nutritional thing because it's not like you're you know carrying you know a a refrigerator with you so how do you prepare for like all those kind of different things kind of leading up to it um if, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. There is so much preparation. You know, when I had that idea, when my friend, um, which by the way, he ended up kind of backing out. Oh. <laughs> and, and, which at that point I was fine. But there's <laughs> so much preparation for that. And so I had two years to do that. Um, and you have to think about um, financial, financial. Um, that too, yeah. Yeah, you have to think, how much money do I need to do this? What gear do I need? Is this gear good for me? Um, you know, how long am I going to spend out there? Um, and then some people have to think about, okay, well, is my work going to let me take six months off? Or am I just quit? And am I going to quit? Which I was, oh, I was, my mind was set, I'm just going to leave my work in forever. And, um, so you kind of feel like it's a whole new start. So preparing for this, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I read books. I started following people on Instagram, um, on Facebook. Um, I started listening to podcasts and everything that everyone was saying was nothing that I did. Um, you want to listen to people, but you think that you're different. Yeah, And so, you know, you start kind of preparing. And and, um, when you think about nutrition, they say that you want to get like 4,000 calories a day. So you start thinking about what food you can get. And on the Appalachian Trail, um, you can either send yourself packages where you um, create mail drops And you put kind of like 10 days worth of food in it and you ship it to yourself. But um, someone can ship them to you, obviously. So I had a friend that I left a couple boxes with. I made like eight boxes. Um, And you want, in doing research, you find out that there are some towns that you go to along the trail that don't really have good resupply. Like they have a gas station and that's it. So they have a gas station, like a post office, or it's um, a hostel that you might stay at. And so you think about um, what food you might want. And in watching YouTube videos, everyone's eating like the same thing. Everyone's doing oatmeal, peanut butter, and a bunch of candy. And somebody that's really good um, will dehydrate their own food and package those. Things like that, which I tried to do, um, and so I had these eight packages that I sent that my friend was sending to me. And whenever I'd get my box, and I had this dehydrated food, I did I dehydrated the food wrong, I guess, and I would try to eat it, and it was terrible. It was terrible. So I ended up like chunking kind of like everything. Like I would even I even had this person open up all the boxes, take all of them out, and put like good stuff in there. Like,
1: <laughs> but it's of more of the candy stuff. in there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like give me Oreos and gummy worms. <laughs> so, so you have to prepare, you have to think about so much, you know, food and, and then gear, um, which there's so much information out there, especially right now, um, about what kind of gear you need to do a through hike. And it changes. You definitely find out that, Cause what I, the gear that I started out with is not what I ended with. And, um, it, it, it just changes. So you do a lot of research and and it either works or it doesn't.
1: (laughs) So, so back to the, to the gear, um, how, how heavy was your backpack? And and you kind of mentioned, um, starting off with some things and then by the end, the, by the end of it, you didn't have those same, uh, the same gear, the same, uh, material or, or whatever. Why was it, were, were they just things that weren't necessary and just kind of, I guess, weighing you down literally, um, from the hike or like what, what, what kind of goes into choosing what you need to kind of be as comfortable as you can out there, um, without overdoing it. And also like the, I said, the weight, the weight thing as well
0: yeah um, so with doing research at that time, ultralight backpacking really was at the beginning. Um, I think in like 2010, um, it was really getting into it, but there wasn't that much information out there and and I really as a I really didn't think about, oh, cutting my toothbrush in half at that time or like doing you know cutting weight. Um, so, you know, I was kind of going off of things that people were saying, like, like use this certain pack and, and, you know, use dry sex and do all this. And, um, I had bought, I can't remember what, what it was, what pack it was. I think it was like a North Face or something. And then I, so I'd kind of like gotten all of this gear and then I won a sponsorship from, um, it was a trail syndicate sponsorship. So I won a pack and the sleeping pad and a sleeping bag and, and, I had a shoe sponsor and all that kind of stuff. So I switched a lot of my gear out. So my pack alone weighed about four pounds. And then when I started putting everything into it, um, I think I was at 25 pound base weight. Okay insanity like that's so much weight
1: <laughs> <laughs> especially on on how many miles a day average
0: well at the beginning it was you know 10 miles and then it, it got up to I was averaging probably 25 miles a day
1: okay uh, but yeah but it's still actually 25 pounds on 10 miles I'm sure uh it seems seems uh, probably weighs you down quite a bit there.
0: <laughs> oh it does certainly. and that's the thing is you know people you know you it's all about comfort essentially, and you want to be able to carry food, you want to have all these pockets so that you can carry your phone and that, that you want to have a a medical bag and you want to have you want to be prepared, but being prepared is also. During a through hike, a long distance through hike, you want to, um, you want to be comfortable and then you learn what you learn to live like minimal. Mm
1: -hmm. So you
0: kind of end up getting rid of everything. So my pack started out as 25 pounds base weight. That is before food and water. Oh, I
1: didn't even realize that. Okay.
0: (laughs) From what I remember, I think it was 25, I think I was too scared to, to weigh it. <laughs> I show up in Maine, you know, and I show up at this hostel and everyone's pack is kind of smaller than mine and they're weighing it. And I'm like, oh, what, Why you want to have less weight? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, I wasn't paying attention to this ultralight world. I don't know why it just didn't cross my mind. (laughs) I learned real hard and real fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so to get kind of into, um, into the hike itself. Um, so, so when you said you started at Maine and worked your way down, um, so if you can explain that, and then also you also mentioned kind of everybody more or less was at this hostel and kind of, is, is there just like a general starting point that you kind of show up and like, all right, I'm, I'm here and you kind of meet up with different um fellow hikers, I guess uh there that are kind of doing the same thing or kind of what, what, what is that kind of the, I guess the journey or what was, was the journey like?
0: Yeah. So I flew um the reason why I chose southbound is because I thought, well, if I, get closer to the end of my hike and I run out of money, someone someone can come pick me up in <laughs> as opposed to me trying to figure out how to get home from like Maine. That makes so sense. So process on that. And so there are hostels along the trail. On average there's about eight I mean, um yeah, so hostels are things you stay at um in trail towns like towns that are next to the trail, they'll have like little hostels and things like that that you can stay at. In Maine, um, at Baxter, there's one hostel in that town um, that you stay at. Um, It's called the Appalachian Trail Lodge. And the difference between southbound um, and northbound is on average, there's about 600 people that go south. And there's about Over 3,000 people that start in Georgia. Wow. And it's because in Georgia, you're making your way up to the great mountains, you know, of the Northwest, or the Northeast, I'm sorry. And you kind of, you have this big, um, like, triumph at the end. You end on Mount Katahdin, which is... This mountain, its elevation is um, five thousand two hundred and sixty-eight, but it's nine mile hike to the top. Whereas going southbound, you have to hike um, to the top of it and then back down. Like the top of it is the start of your hike, so okay. a lot of people don't really want to start their hike on this huge mountain um, because Springer is um frankly it's kind of uneventful (laughs) it's just (laughs) this really small thing it's just a plaque on this little hill and while it's still beautiful it's not the same as katahdin and so when you get to this hostel um they only let so many hikers a day up mount katahdin and so you'll have um these hikers stay at the hostel and everyone's there all exciting. Talk about their, their pack. And, you know, um, and the other thing that you have to, when you start Appalachian trail, Southbound, you have to go through a hundred miles until you get to, to your first town. So you have to hike a hundred miles, which could take you up to 10 days or longer depends on how fast you go. Whereas in Georgia, your first town is in 30 miles. Oh, wow. So the the um, percentage of hikers that quit going southbound is far less than hikers that go northbound because you hike 100 miles before you even have the opportunity to quit. You
1: just, you just have to be all in.
0: Right. You're kind of like, I just made it through hell and I'm going to keep going. 100 miles is a lot.
1: That... That is insane. So, so you 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 start the whole thing going up up a mountain, down the mountain, and then you have another hundred or ninety or so miles until you hit the next town.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> carry all your food with you. You ha- if you hike, if you anything that you have in your pack, you have to carry it a hundred miles before you can even do anything with it. <laughs> Probably hundred and fourteen miles. Uh, So, i'm I'm, I'm looking at a picture right now i'll have to send this to you a picture of everything that was in my pack when i first started and i'm surprised i found this but um i'm thinking i can't believe i did that but i just had random stuff in there like my friend would like give me a trinket and i carried this little trinket for like 100 miles and i just sent it back to her and i was just like (laughs) carrying this thing that weighs. Half a pound. <laughs> Um, and you also have to think about your food. So how many days are you going to hike a hundred miles? Um, relatively a lot of people can do it in eight days. Um, so they'll carry, you know, eight days worth of food to, to, till they get to their next town. So I carried eight days worth of food and it ended up taking me nine days to get through the hundred miles.
1: So, so after that kind of first, um, those first nine days or whatnot, how, how, how are you feeling about the whole, you know, continuing through and kind of after you kind of, you know, put that behind you, what, how, how did that, or how didn't it at first maybe um, motivate you through the rest of, of the hike?
0: When I finished during the hundred miles, there were multiple times I wanted to quit. It wasn't a roller coaster of emotion. I thought, this is the dumbest thing I could ever do in my life. (laughs) Jeremy want to do something crazy before I'm 30. And so that really, when I, when I ended and I was sitting in the hostel in the next town thinking about the next 2,089 miles, um, I thought it couldn't get any harder than that. Yeah. Now I was ready to tackle it and I was ready to like go through anything. Cause it couldn't get any harder than what I just went through. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really, um, I'm really glad that I went Southbound because I don't know what the other side would have been if I would have went 30 miles and not had that kind of um, um, trial on myself. Cause there's a lot of people, a lot of Northbounders that go 500 miles or, are 1500 miles and they make it toward the whites in New Hampshire, which are the first mountains they really see. And they quit after they've reached 1500 miles.
1: That's Insane. That mm-hmm. is crazy. So, so the, so the rest of, of the hike after that, I guess, um, you know, like you said, there's um, thousands of more miles of course that you went, but as far as like, kind of what were some interesting things and some interesting stories or experiences that you had along, along the trail? Um, whether that's, you know, um, you know, maybe being by yourself out there in the wilderness or going through these small, um, towns or, or, or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Um, so whenever I got to talk about gear for a second, whenever I got to that first hustle after the hundred mile wilderness, There is a guy named uh, Poet who um, will do a shakedown for you. And a shakedown is where they take everything out of your pack and basically tell you that you don't need anything. And the best advice that he gave me was you pack your fears. And that's why Uh you end up packing so much. And for me, it was food. I was constantly wanting to pack out more food than I needed and like warm clothes. So I ended up... Re, I ended up getting rid of almost everything that I had. And I went from, like, I bought a new pack. Um, I ended up ordering new shoes um, and various little items. And I went from that 25-pound base weight to almost 15. Oh, wow. So, it was a, it was a drastic change. I felt like I could run.
1: <laughs>
0: um, It was insane. And so, what really helped me on the trail was in that first hundred miles I met five people that we just ended up bonding and we ended up hiking the hundred miles together and we formed a really close like family, is what you call it like a trail family <laughs> and that helped motivate me um so setting off on the next um along the Appalachian Trail, there were so many crazy things that happened. You hear about stories where trail angels come and trail angels are people that will sit at a trailhead and they'll have drinks and, and snacks there for you because um, they really want to help motivate you to get through this trail. Um, and then there's uh, just the weather that comes along with it. Every day is a new day. You can't control the weather, so you just have to keep hiking through it. Um, So you can hike through rain, like a huge thunderstorm that feels like a tornado, Um, hail, um, blistering heat. 2016 was a really hot year.
1: I would say, did you do it during the spring-summertime?
0: So going southbound, you have to start whenever they um, open Katahdin after their winter. And okay. there doesn't end till about uh, snow doesn't start melting till maybe the end of May. Okay. Um, so I started June first, and so by the time it, it was hot, <laughs> I'm sure it was like there were days where there were hundred degrees. Think about um, um, like Virginia and and states like that, Pennsylvania. It's like humidity Humid, yeah and the temperature it, there, there was a lot of heat because southbound you go from typically june and you end around the beginning of november
1: okay it's
0: not tight
1: wow <laughs> so um so it's it's and it's nice to hear about kind of the trail angels as well are, are these are those people that just like live in the in the town i mean obviously they live in the towns but do they just live in the towns or did they also, have they like done the hikes or the hike themselves or they're just generally interested in kind of motivating you and pushing you to continue on?
0: A lot of the people that I met, um, majority of them lived on the trail. Um, some of them that I met never even knew what the trail was. Really? And you'd be, um, like hitching so whenever you get to a trailhead and you need to go to town a majority of the time the town is five plus miles away so you would have to hitch to the town to go to the grocery store or wherever you needed to go to the post office and so I even these people that live 20 miles from the trail some of them never knew what it was which blew my mind
1: interesting yeah
0: But we would still call, you still call them a trail angel because if they give you a ride, I mean, then you just express to them what you were doing. And they're like, what are you doing on the side of the road? And which I never hitched on the Appalachian Trail. I was going to say alone, but I did do it alone a couple times. (laughs) But I I kind of always had someone with me. Um, And so some, a majority of them lived along the trail and they really wanted you to succeed. And they just did it for years. They love hearing stories. They either did it or they knew someone that did it. Um, they just loved providing you with things that, you know, could really turn your mood around. You could be in a really crappy day and you just spent the morning walking in mud in Vermont and then you walk up on this cooler in the middle of nowhere and it just has a note that says AT through hikers only, you know, and you open it up and there's sodas and you know little Debbie's which I never ate outside of the trail but on the trail I ate like a 13 year old (laughs) that had access to all the sugar
1: but I guess that's what you need to do right when you're you know you said you have to take 4,000 calories or what and, and and kind of burn all that extra or have all that extra energy to burn right
0: yes I was vegetarian <laughs> whenever I started the Appalachian trail and that lasted 500 miles. Not that I recommend I'm vegetarian again now, not that I need to say that, but and just it changed my diet and it changed my mind on what I needed nutritionally. Um, which I, nothing I ate was nutritional at that time. So I, to get 5,000 calories, I would just eat, um, honey buns and, you know, just, really calorie dense food uh, so there's there's eat like a large little Caesar's pizza by yourself <laughs> you feel absolutely good about it <laughs>
1: uh so so what um so as as you're kind of you know making your way down there and and I know you said that you had to go through this crazy weather and um other things that was was there ever a a moment? That, I don't know that, that is scared is the right word, but kind of, um, I don't, I don't know, like any, any times I guess where you felt I guess, maybe unsafe is the word, like just kind of some, maybe anything like surprising that m- might've happened. Maybe it didn't, maybe it all went smooth and you never had an experience like that. I don't know if that's with an animal or anything like that, but are there, are there any kind of unique stories like that?
0: Um, there are a couple, which in the hundred mile wilderness, I, um, my kneecap kind of like collapsed and it was because I was carrying too much weight. And, um, luckily randomly there was an EMT that was part of the five people I was talking with that we just duct taped up my knee and kind of, um, you know, I kept hiking on it. But that was a scary injury because I thought, you know, whenever I did get past 100 miles, I wouldn't be able to keep going because of that. Um, but I ended up being fine. It just hurt for like several weeks and I had to do, wear a knee bandage. But then in I was in Cheshire, Massachusetts. And there was a supercell thunderstorm that came through, and um, we were about—I was hiking with um, a guy named Stitch at the time—and we were about two miles from town, and the sky got really dark out all of a sudden. And we came—we were hiking on this to the top of this hill, and when we got up there, it went dead silent. you know being from like our area we instantly think this is a tornado yeah so which he he he's from ohio or something um wisconsin actually and he just stood up there and i just took off running into the woods and while i was running it started um hailing and by the time i got into the uh into the woods lightning struck right in front of me about let's say I can't even remember how far let's say like 20 to 30 feet in front of me and I just jumped up and screamed and turned around and at that time Stitch was running toward me and saw the whole thing and he was asking if I was okay I was fine um luckily I didn't get struck by lightning but very close and we we started running toward town. And on the way to town, um, you had to run through about two cornfields, which had metal fencing around it. Oh. <laughs> so I have to run through these metal fences like for like a split second. But it was really freaky at that time, thinking there's lightning around me. And I'm having to run through a cornfield. One, um, doesn't sound like a horror movie. And two, there's lightning around me. Um, and then the wind just started picking up. Trees were blowing everywhere, tree branches. So it was a good, you know, two miles is like 30 minutes of running to this town. And when we got into town, it just stopped. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) We should have just sat on that hill like he and um, there were trees down everywhere. There were trees on cars and on houses and, and whatnot. And they had said that it was um, just some crazy supercell thunderstorm. And I went, when we got into town, I went and took my phone out. And my phone, I guess, had fried from the lightning strike. Really? And so my phone didn't work, which was really freaky. So I didn't have a phone for like two weeks after that. And um, so that was kind of a scary situation um, running through a storm. It was kind of my first storm. Um, experience of that uh, nature um and then but really outside of that there were really no 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 situations that scared me I never really ran upon anyone that was creepy um there's you know you see people but you have this along when you're doing a through hike you gain kind of this like weird intuitive you feel like comfortable around people and you can and you kind of can feel when when um things are weird i don't become like super intuitive and i really never felt it there were a couple times where there were snakes
1: oh no (laughs) no thank you uh
0: because i was hiking in the heat of the summer so pennsylvania has a lot of rocks everyone calls pennsylvania and there were just snakes that would just love to be curled and sleep on the rocks. And there were a couple of times I ran up on some snakes, but outside of that, you know, there's a lot of, of nature. There's a lot of animals out there, mice and snakes. And but you just kind of, it's how it is. Kind of like become familiar with it. Like, Oh, yeah. there's a snake. <laughs> there's a bear. I,
1: I guess you kind of get used to it after you know, so many miles, like you said, and plus you kind of get that in, intuitive uh, feeling as you mentioned. Um, so, so as you were kind of, um, you know, making your way down, what, what was it like, I guess, to, to, I guess, what was the, the feeling I guess of, of making it down to, to Georgia um, and, and kind of having that sense of accomplishment uh, after so many days and so many miles and, and whatnot.
0: So because there's not that many people, um, that go southbound, you end up either hiking alone or you end up hiking with a couple people. Um, and after a couple hundred miles, I started hiking with two people in particular, Sonic and Stitch, and they were in their early twenties and here I am 30 and they were super fast. Hence the, hence the name, Sonic. <laughs> but there were, there was two weeks where I started hiking by myself and I just kind of woke up every day and hiked, um, 20 plus miles and got into this kind of zone and I ended up getting with them. Um, and we were, ended up, I don't know really far ahead of everyone else that we knew that was on that that was on the trail at that time so in, and everyone kept saying slow down like wait on us but in order for us to wait on people that we knew we were we would have to wait for a week or a week and a half oh. um which now I'm just like I wish I would have done like because I did finish the trail really quickly I finished um four months in 10 days and you know, on average, people do it in five to six months. Um, but I just got to where I was really fast. In the 100 miles, I, when I blew my kneecap out, um, my trail name at the time, people were calling me Grandma <laughs> because I was limping because when I was like hiking, I had to kind of like limp a little bit um, because of my knee and I would not take that trail name. <laughs> I would not take that name, but, but now I actually love that name.
1: So um, real quick before you get into or and kind of, you mentioned trail names. So, so is that basically just a, a nickname that you get on the, on the trail that kind of describes, I guess, more or less your personality or uh, aspect about you or.
0: Yeah, it, if you do anything dumb, don't do it around anybody else because you, <laughs> the craziest. Trail name. So, yes, uh, <laughs> Sonic had blue hair and she was fast. Stitch, he sewed a bunch of stuff that he had with him. So his name was Stitch. Um, I named a guy a honey bun. He was about like 6'2", ex-Marine, and he always wore a bu- like his hair in a bun on the top. <laughs> and He was super nice. So one day we were just walking. And I was like, oh, he's just like a honey bun. So he got honey bun. Um, (laughs) There's just some really funny names. So I didn't take grandma because my oh my insecurities of you know just always wanting to win, my competitiveness came out and thought that grandma was all about, oh, I'm just really slow. So when really I am a grandma at heart. Thing. But whenever I made it um, to that first hostel, hostel, and he did a shakedown, um, I carried essential oils with me and lavender, um, and I ended up having some things of lavender color as well. And so this guy just said, "Oh, hey, your tonin's lavender." Um, and so I kind of took it, and I kept that. I just still had people calling me grandma throughout the whole trail, but <laughs> I'm kind of carries with you. So I had lavender.
1: That's that's awesome. And you know, why not? And lavender's, you know, if you had the, I'm sure that was probably nice. Doesn't that help with sleep in a way? Like yeah, the so essential oil of it?
0: A lot of different things like bugs and sleeping. And so I had like a friend send me more like if I ran out. So I kind of always had it along the trail anyway. Like my friend, one of my really close friends, her trail name is Pringles. Because she <laughs> always had Pringles with her. <laughs> so, it can just do anything, yeah, you know?
1: just completely random. that's awesome. <laughs> um.
0: so whenever I ended up, I ended up just hiking really quickly, and by the when I got down to Georgia, it was really sad. The last week, it was kind of bittersweet, like, oh my gosh, I can take a shower, like I can shake my legs. I can, you know, do all these things, like watch Netflix, like, you know, chill for a second. And, um, but I kind of didn't want to get off trail. It was really bittersweet.
1: So, so, uh, so what was, excuse me, I can't speak. Um, was it bittersweet in the sense that like, did you, you know, you mentioned, obviously you do all these things kind of shower and watch Netflix and all that stuff, but were you like really excited like really like looking forward to doing that or like after like being out there so long you're like oh that's cool I can do that but if I can't do that it doesn't matter does that does that make sense did you kind of have that sort of feeling
0: yes um well I mean you go back and forth the whole trail is after the first like maybe like quarter of it is all physical not that the whole thing isn't, but after a while, it just becomes all mental. Yeah. Such difficult days and such good days. It's, there's, there's really no, like, coasting. And on your bad days, the only thing you can think about is getting off the trail. And you cannot wait till you see that really uneventful uh, plaque in, <laughs> at Springer Mountain. And, um, but really when you're closer to the end, you think about, I'm not going to be with these two people that I've been with for four months now. Um, you know, you don't really get to sleep under the stars every night. You start thinking about, I now have to go back to quote unquote reality. So it just kind of is super bittersweet because while you don't want to hike every day, um, on your bad days, your good days outweigh any of that. And you just start remembering all of that again. And, and it's a huge accomplishment. And, you know, when you get to, I remember getting to Springer mountain and just crying and it's weird how fast your brain just turns off um, and you're old and you're just exhausted like you weren't exhausted oh. before you just get to that plaque and you look at it and you just like, because you know, it's done. And so it's a lot.
1: I bet you, but you slept pretty well after that. though, think <laughs> mean, cause you have that adrenaline kind of uh, pushing you the whole way. Like you said, you know, you have to go to the next step and then kinda like, Oh, now we're done. So <laughs>
0: my friend that I was hiking with um, her, parents live in Florida, and what better way to spend, uh, you know, the next, we spent two weeks there, what better way to, you know, get back to reality than taking a vacation?
1: (laughs) On the beach, right?
0: (laughs) On the beach, so we went to her house, and I, and so that was a 13-hour drive, and I didn't, I couldn't go to sleep. Everyone was, like, the two, the other two hikers were, they were sleeping the whole time, and I think I just had – I knew. I thought, for sure, I'm going to sleep for 13 hours. Like, there's no way I'm not – I think it was just um, adrenaline. Like, it was just – there was a weird – like, it couldn't – I couldn't sleep for days. But the first time I took, like, a long bath and and just, like, looked at myself in the mirror for more than five minutes. Because along the trail, you really don't have time to kind of, like – Like, notice the changes that's going on in your body. Like, when you're hiking in the middle of the summer, um, you're still eating a lot, but you're, you know, you're hiking 20, 25 miles, and you're kind of losing a lot of weight, Um, which I'm a really, like, small, petite person, and I still was, like, really skinny after I left the trail. And the muscles that you have are insane, So I didn't notice. So after I got off the trail, how physically that really did change me. Yeah. Um, So that was weird. Um, Oh, and I, you know, then you never get that back ever. And then (laughs) (laughs) do another trail. Um, And then the amount of eating, like you really have to train your, 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 um, train yourself again to not eat the way that you did on the trail.
1: Oh, that's actually, that's kind of interesting. Um, going back that you mean as far as like eating more or less some of that junk food and stuff like that, or, and like just inhaling everything or
0: when you get your hands on food while you're hiking you in, you just eat like you haven't eaten days. Like everything's just gone within like two minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and people. <laughs> when I got back, and you know, I'd go out to like restaurants and see my friends and stuff, and I would notice that I would be done way much faster than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wrong with you, <laughs> just <laughs> looking around. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of things that are very different when you come back, but leading up to the end of that hike. You know, it, it, it's really, you don't even comprehend what you really did. It almost feels like whenever you get to the end, like, did that really even happen? There's no way I just did that. And, you know, it's, it's pretty insane, especially to talk about it um, after the fact, because, you know, that was a couple years ago. Yeah. To even look back and be like, oh, yeah, I did do that. It's so weird.
1: That, and yeah I, I
0: encourage anyone and everyone to do it <laughs> But it's, it's so hard it's so mental it's you know it's physical and but it's the most rewarding thing that I ever I have ever done
1: so, so with all that like you said kind of the you know obviously the physical but also the the mental things and the, and the changes of you know kind of you know I mean you have to turn into a minimal minimalist um, in, in that sense. How did, like even now, you know, it's been a couple years, you know, since you've done it, but have, have you seen kind of like an effect, um, on kind of your day to day of how you approach things or like, or like some kind of like more or less a change, how you kind of view everything since then? Um, if, if that makes sense.
0: Yes. Um, for one, before I left, I sold everything that I had, I, I I told all my friends or just anyone and anyone I like posted on social media. If you want anything from my house, like just come in and take it. I'm not leaving. I'm leaving with nothing. So I got rid of everything that I owned except for a couple of totes. And I left those like in my car at my mom's house while I was gone. Um, so really I knew that I was coming back to nothing. And so as I started eliminating things from my, from my pack, I was beginning to realize that I could, I could live minimal in back in the real world. Um, and so I really carried that over because when I returned, um, it wasn't, you know, materialistic things really didn't matter to me as much.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and I really wanted to live as minimal as possible. So adding things back into my life was really weird. Like I didn't have a bed for a while. (laughs) Um, I actually slept in my tent for two weeks when I returned in my friend's backyard. (laughs) Really? It it was just felt really weird to kind of. um, So it really did change a lot. Um, And you begin to value different things which now you know the longer you spend away from that last life, that lifestyle the more you bring things back into your life and that you can see changes i've definitely n- noticed over the past four years um, um things are coming back around but i still try to like humble and like balance and think you know what makes me happy um and that is minimal things and it is valuing relationships and like really in in intent conversations because when you're on the trail, the people that you meet, you kind of form this bond with them. You're both crazy. You both. <laughs> <laughs> and so you bond on something. And that is, uh, that you both had this desire to go and do something that was so intense. Um, so you automatically kind of like, feel like that's your friend and you can tell them anything. So you learn what really, um, Really good conversations are without distractions, um, and random conversations. And so when you come back, that's kind of difficult because you see everyone else living in a the their world didn't end, their world didn't change, but yours did. So that's really intense coming back to, and you kind of have to. You're outside of so much, and you have to you know, tippy toe back into that and, and, and learn how to adapt, um, which is a whole nother story. (laughs) But so that, so there's a lot of things like being out in wilderness for in the back country for a really long time for, you know, months and living very minimal really have effect on your lifestyle. And it really shows you, you know, what you want and what you value and what you can live with knowing that if you just had a gas station and toilet paper <laughs> and <laughs> maybe a mat, maybe not like what you could really live with.
1: That, that is interesting. And, and kind of that, the, I, the analogy that you had, I guess about, you know, the people that you're coming back to nothing in their life really changed. Um, so kind of getting back more or less on their levels, I, I, I could understand how that could be an, an interesting thing to kind of um, get back used to or, or how you act or react to how they're, they're doing stuff or whatnot. I'm sure that could be very interesting, as you said.
0: <laughs> it really is. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, and I think that my view on that has changed. Um, like if you would have talked to me right after I finished the trail, I, you know, I wouldn't know how those experiences would have gone. Um, and you really do over the years accomplishing something like or going through something like that you kind of see yourself changing a lot and um, either returning to your um, your you know old self or or, you know just the way that our world is but um, it's very interesting looking back now and like how, how that affected me and other people as well. I mean, I, I'm constantly in touch with other through hikers and, you know, we check up on each other and, um, um, cause there's a, there's a small, there's only a small percentage of people that have lived that lifestyle and, um, it's really wonderful. And it's, it, you yeah. know,
1: so, so for anybody that, you know, is, uh, should I say daring enough to do that themselves or are interested in doing themselves, um, that, but, you know, might be intimidated or not really know where to start or anything like that. Um, from any different aspect, what, what kind of tips or advice could you, could you offer them as far as, you know, getting started in that direction, you know, for this, uh, for that feat?
0: Um, sleep out and no, like do overnights. Um, do gear research, find out what's comfortable for you. Listen to people, listen to people's (laughs) advice. Um, because people who have done it before, they're going to, you're, you're going to essentially learn how you want to do it too, but making sure that, um, you understand like what you're getting into, like go on hikes, um, you know, sleep under the stars, um, Get comfortable with being outside, get comfortable with elements. If you do plan on doing a hike, go hike in safely, (laughs) go hike in the rain, go, you know, be perfect, be prepared for those situations, and then you will learn, or you can just throw yourself in it like I did, but I wouldn't. (laughs) One um,
1: two ways. <laughs>
0: there's so much stuff out there right now with social media you can find so much information on youtube people do gear reviews people do um and there's so many different hikes out there you can go crazy and do a 2,000 mile hike of the Appalachian Trail you can go even crazier and do the Continental Divide Trail which is even more remote Um, you can go to the Ozarks, which is, you know, an almost 200 mile trail or, you know, you can, it's, there's a lot of different things out there that you can put yourself in.
1: Different ways to get your feet wet. That's awesome. So, so I guess, um, you know, before we, uh, wrap things up or whatnot, where, um, where can people find you online to see kind of what other, uh, Adventures that you're up to or maybe the next time you decide to go on a, on a long hike and we'll get some some after photos But um, where, where can they find you?
0: Um, Instagram is where I post the majority of my tr- Travels I guess and that's tilt gravity um, And all my Appalachian Trail stuff was on there and if anyone is thinking about doing any long-distance trail and they want information um, they can feel feel free to like shoot me a message. Um, I, I love chatting with people about it and yeah, my, now I just, I love cycling and now I just want to do bike tours and I still think that I have a through hike in me. So we'll see if only I could financially take off for six months at a time. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm sure something, it sounds like you, uh, you, you're pretty strong willed in that way. So it sounds like something like that might happen for you in the future. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, you can just, now you can just get the babies and, you know, go on a hike.
1: <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll, uh, throw mine, mine on the, on the back and, uh, take them out. <laughs>
0: Do it. But
1: anyways, um, thank you so much for kind of um, sharing that story. I know I mentioned I, earlier, you know that I, that I heard you talk about it before, but it just it's kind of crazy to fathom that, and I don't think a lot of people, um, you know, when they hear about somebody doing that, they don't really necessarily realize or understand everything that goes into it. So, kind of having that little extra bit of insight from your stories, I think is is pretty awesome and pretty helpful. So, thank you for for sharing those. Um, on uh on on here and definitely um wish you the the best of luck um on your next adventures and hopefully you get uh another long trail or two um in your future
0: (laughs) thank you so much this was really fun
1: thanks for listening and hey if you made it this far and like what you've heard go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion until next time